This is the Douglas Robin Show. Good morning. Welcome to the Den of Discussion. It's not about resiliency. Tough love is really what it comes down to. When we coddle and enable, it teaches weakness. It doesn't teach strength. It doesn't teach an individual how to learn and grow. I'll give you a couple examples. My daughter yesterday, she's 12, wanted to go skiing with her older sister. Her older sister's a pretty good skier. But little one had never gone skiing. So she went to the mountain, had all of her gear. She was super excited, had her snow pants and gloves and goggles and all the good stuff that we, you know, spent some good money on. And she went to the mountain. And as soon as she got there to the bunny slope, she was scared to death, as most people are when they first ski. And she wouldn't go. And she kind of took the skis off and walked away and, and called us sobbing. She was so scared that she wanted us to, to drive an hour and a half to come pick her up because her sister wouldn't bring her back home. Now, we could have just said, oh, my God, you're upset. And that's the natural tendency to do, right, is, oh, my God, you're upset. We want to protect you. But what would that have taught her? Something's difficult. Something's challenging. It's okay to collapse. It's okay to, to run. It's okay to hide. Uh, it's okay to not persevere and overcome. Now, certain things, obviously, you know, uh, skydiving, you don't have to do and things like that. Um, there are certain things that will naturally scare you, a bear chasing you. But, you know, she was perfectly safe. She was on a bunny slope. Their kids were three years old, you know, out there. And just her fears were overwhelming her. And she was breaking down, having a breakdown moment. And the breakdown moments can, can reaffirm hiding or fear, or they can reaffirm mental strength and overcoming. So my wife, who probably is a little, little tougher than I am in these ways sometimes, uh, said, no, you get your ass back out there. You try it three times. And if you don't like it by the third time, then you can stop and we'll figure out getting it. So it gave her an option and it gave her an out, right? Okay, I just got to do this three times and, and then I can stop. And after the second or third time, she started figuring it out and started enjoying herself. And now we have a great video of her skiing down the whole thing. And then the longer bunny slope she was skiing down afterwards. So this taught her mental toughness. This taught her I can overcome things. This taught her, you know, perseverance. And it did not teach her weakness and running and when things get tough you run and drop the ball another instance my son and then i'm going to tell you the opposite of a coddling so my son we had re uh, moved here um and he didn't know anybody and he had never played organized sports and was sitting alone in, in school and it was a very lonely first year it was very hard to, 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 to watch him struggle like that. He was a really good kid, did well in school, but he was all alone. And so, again, my wife um, said, well, you're going to play organized forces here. Now, he had never played organized anything. And he had never played baseball growing up. So this was now, I don't know, fifth grade or something like that. Um, and 
So we said, well, you're going to play, you know, ball. And he was very against, he was very scared. You know, I practiced with him every day, but he just, he, you know, he hadn't had enough time to, to get accustomed to it and really get good. Um, and, you know, he didn't do well this first year and struggled. I think he caught one ball. I don't think he got any hits. And he cried pretty much every game because it was so overwhelming to him. And it was very hard to watch. And, you know, it was very angry at us and angry at my wife. And then the next year, though, he played it again. And he also went out for football. And he started finding some camaraderie. He started meeting some friends. And football, he was probably a little more naturally talented at. Um, and eventually stopped the baseball. Played football for another year. Got into it more. Was practicing outside every day. And now, if you ask him, and also because his older sister you know, was probably pretty tough on him, if you ask him now, he's going to say, nothing's going to beat me. Nothing's going to stop me. That's these tough lessons. They're awful lessons. They're awful for everybody involved. Here's gonna, I'm going to give you an opposite, and this is regarding me. Growing up, my parents, they were good people. But from that era, maybe they didn't know enough about child rearing or, or the attention a child needs or, or, or how to actually get them to overcome things. So I was kind of a sensitive kid. And uh, I didn't know how to learn resilience or adaptation. And so, for instance, with baseball, similar experience, I had been an excellent baseball player. I'd played it since I was like a baby, but pretty much just hit any ball that came my way, could field anything. And then as I grew and went into what they called the senior leagues, which is kids 14 to 16 or 14 to 18, something like that, you know, on major league fields, which is really a crazy notion of going from a kid field to a major league, going from like a kid baseball field to like Yankee Stadium, basically. Um, you know, obviously there's a, a bit of a disconnection there. Uh, and one is not muscular enough or, or powerful enough or, or mature enough, uh, or I certainly was not. So I had been excellent the year before. I had led in doubles, triples, and, and home runs. Excellent first baseman. And then I went to this lo lo longer field where the fences were forever. And there were kids much older than me, much stronger. And the ball, they were throwing 80, 90-mile-an-hour fastballs with curveballs. I'd never seen any of this. And I struggled at the plate. The bat was too heavy for me. I played, you know, fine at first base, but I could not hit. And it made me question myself. Well, maybe I wasn't very good or maybe I wasn't who I thought I was. And I didn't know how to ask for help. My father clearly didn't understand the signs of what I was going through or because he had his own shortcomings in this area. You know, the apple doesn't fall far. And I struggled and struggled and just got very angry. And it was no, it seemed to not be about winning anymore. And people were fighting all the time on the field. It was kind of a crazy time. But after that, that year, I was like, I don't, I don't want to play anymore. This, this beautiful, pure thing that I love dearly with all my heart would play day and night outside in the rain, in my basement, didn't matter. 
in my bedroom late at night. I didn't know how to hold on to this beautiful, beautiful thing out on the fields, fresh grass, beautiful skies. I didn't know how to hold on to it. And my parents didn't know how to say, what's wrong, though? What, what's going on here? you got to stick it out, buddy. You need a coach? Okay, we'll get you a coach. You need some lessons here? We'll figure it out. Okay, the bat's too heavy. No, we never had those conversations. And I, you know, as a child, didn't know how to articulate this, didn't understand it intellectually, other than I was in pain and I wanted to hide from the pain. I wanted to get away from the pain, the embarrassment. All of a sudden, I sucked. And so I walked away from this thing that I love dearly. I would still play with friends here and there, but no longer organized, no longer that dream of I'm going to play professionally. And so I cut this this possibility, this potential short. I never reached, it was a premature ending of a dream, meaning it never reached its full potential. Okay, maybe I would have ended in high school or college or who the heck knows what would have happened if I had pursued it and continued and had that sort of, you know, encouragement or that tough love. And so when we hide, we're hiding that good part of ourselves. We're hiding that best part of ourselves. We're hiding that that nourishing, stronger part of ourselves. And often we're doing it for a weakness, for fear. And it doesn't help us. It doesn't help coddling or enabling or, or babying. I'm going to show you this shirt I'm wearing. Let me see if you can see it. It says, defend the sacred. Defend the sacred. Right? What do you love? What do you love? Who are you? Defend that sacred. We don't defend our values because of money or because of fear. But this is the divine spark that we're given. So to get back to the kids, if we had just said, okay, yeah, okay, you come off that mountain, kid. Or, hey, you don't ever have to attend anything because it's scary or meet anyone. Where would they be now? It's a trajectory. But we gave them the muscle, or they earned the muscle. And now they know they can overcome things. So what can you overcome today? What are you hiding from? Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Douglas Robbins Show. To find out more about Douglas and his books, check out douglasrobbinsauthor.com.